Hi there, and welcome into BTN's Take 10 Podcast. My name is Alex Rue, BTN.com, and I'm excited to bring you another edition of the show from the road on the BTN bus tour. In case you missed the first edition of this little bus tour mini-series that came out Sunday morning, I've tagged along on the annual romp across the Midwest and across the conference on the bus with the TV guys, and I've tried to talk to one player at each school for this podcast. Uh, we had an episode come out, as I mentioned a few days ago, with Indiana wide receiver Jay Sean Harris, Maryland punter Wade Lees, and Rutgers offensive lineman Dorian Miller. So that was the that was packaged into the first episode that we released from the tour. This is the second, and we talked to Penn State safety Marcus Allen, Michigan State running back Gerald Holmes, and Michigan linebacker Mike McRae on episode two. So my goal with all these interviews has been really just to have a laid-back discussion with the player and the players at each at each stop and try to work as much non-football talk in the discussion as there is football talk itself because this time of year we're just overloaded with football, football, football. I feel like from you know all the preseason analysis that we get, both college and NFL, and I think the shows and the, and the content that really shines through is stuff like Hard Knocks and, and Last Chance You, those types of documentary mini-series that really allow you to... Uh, get behind the scenes and, and unmask some of the players' personalities a little bit. So that's what I try to do with the, these interviews is, you know, get to get to know them off the field and, and try and, you know, get them to settle in, get comfortable and, and uh, you know, get out of that pressure cooker that is college football for 15 and 20 minutes. So I am uh, sitting in my hotel room right now in Lincoln, Nebraska, and um, even though I, I am at the Big Ten's westernmost campus at the moment, this episode, as I mentioned, features interviews with players at the back end of our eastern leg. And um, we, we finished at Michigan State on Saturday and kicked off the western leg Sunday evening, which we're in the middle of right now. So I want to remind everyone to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play if you haven't already, to stay tuned for uh, future episodes. We'll probably have at least two more after this one with, with players on the western leg. And to rate and comment on the show if you if you uh, if you like it and enjoy it. So now that that intro is out of the way, let's go to Happy Valley and the defending Big Ten champs. It's Take Ten's interview with Marcus Allen. I'm very excited to be joined at Penn State by one of the top defensive players in the Big Ten and really in all of college football. It's Nittany Lions senior safety Marcus Allen. What's up, Marcus? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. Good. Thanks for joining me, man. Um, so people listening are probably familiar with uh, another Marcus Allen as well. I know you're probably tired of hearing about it. You know, you share a name with a famous football player, yeah. Hall of Fame NFL running back. So uh, was that a was that an accident or a coincidence that you were named a uh, same honest, name? I mean, to be honest, uh, my my big brother Sean Allen, he's uh, his middle name is Marcus. So they basically just uh, named me after him. And they didn't know it was going to be like that. But, I mean, everybody knew the real Mark, like the Hall of Fame Marcus Allen. But, you know, they just well, gave me my brother's middle name. You're, you're making a name for yourself here. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not a not, not not to be confused with the uh, the Hall of Famer anymore. Um, I want to talk about a little bit your, your studies here at Penn State before we get into to more football uh-huh. stuff. Uh, you're a broadcast journalism major. Yeah. What made you want to get into that and, and – is that something you want to pursue as a profession after after football's over? Uh, I mean, me personally, uh, I like being in front of the camera. Yep. 
uh, and then I like uh, being behind the scenes as well, like either being a producer or like a director or so, and just kind of like run the show. So I, I, I wanted to get into that. And then again, like like something I like reporting and stuff, I like to like get to know people in depth and like like being able to like to open them up and make them comfortable. Sure. I, I, I like that stuff. So give me an example of something you've done on campus that maybe in your in your uh, in the classroom like a project you worked on uh, in that field um i well I, I had an interview with one of my advisors uh molly ty uh it, it so happened like it just happened naturally it just having a regular conversation kind of and then like we up and i just up and did an interview with her and like talking about her background and where she come from and like like it, she opened up to me and she didn't have to but I guess she felt really comfortable with right. me so she told me how she wish where she wanted to uh, do when she was younger um, uh, what made her get like lead to this occupation that she has now it's just it's just a lot of stuff that she just told me willing to tell me because she felt comfortable with me and I, I like doing that type of stuff again in depth. Yeah, and the experience you're gaining now in the field is definitely yeah. going to help you as well, especially if you try and trans- transition into a uh, sports broadcasting position later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and in kind of an unconventional way, you're, you're already experienced in media. You you were a social media <laughs> star before you even got to Penn State. You were big Vine star, Chico, Chico A. So if, if people <laughs> out there know about that, for those who don't, tell me a little bit about how that started and how you kind of had this developed this alter ego on social media uh, I mean that 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 Vine stuff that um, Vine was uh, popping uh, for a good amount of time and you know I just created Vine and just started being myself you know <laughs> and just people said like started liking it and just I would just make Vines and make videos of just me being me kind of and like people just liked it Give me an example of one of the popular videos that took off. Um, I was in a car with my friend Kilo, driving into one of our friends' house. We saw deers outside, and we he just stopped the car, and and I said, hey, oh, hold it. And then, like, I just, I was like, let me go ahead and record this and just be, I think it would be funny. So I said, acting like I was, acting like I, they were girls, and I was, like, trying to, like, say what's up mm-hmm. to them, and then they start running off. <laughs> So, so do people ever come up to you and recognize you not as Marcus Allen, the football player, but as Chico from Vine? Oh, uh, back in the day, they everyone knew me as like the Chico A guy off of Vine. It's so funny, like my freshman year when I came in, that's where everybody knew me as. That that's where they knew me as, and I I, I wanted to like to break that, you know. I wanted everyone sure. like I'm a football player and like I'm good at football, so like I wanted to uh, move from that. That's like kind of like, don't you know how? People look at Nick Cannon. He's right, like a he's the Nick, he's the Nick Junior guy. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. You know, everybody's he's a Teen Choice Awards yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like uh, the Disney World, whatever. Like the child. Star. Same with Bow Wow yeah, too. Yeah, you know, yeah. Little Bow Wow. They can never like excel. Right. To like his rap, he wanted a rap career. He, right. Everybody going to take him serious, but I guess like when I just start doing good on football, like everybody started taking me serious of football and seeing how uh, how I played and how good I was. So. Uh, How'd you how'd you deal with the death of Vine when Vine went away? Was that a oh, was that a sad moment for you? you have a little funeral for it? No, I didn't. <laughs> I was over that my freshman year because yeah. I just wanted to like just focus. I want everybody to just know know me as a football player and like 
this is what I want to do. You're still uh, you're still active on social media though. I, I know your buddy Mike Kosicki said uh, mm-hmm. back in media days he, when he spent a lot of time with you that you were uh, he, he took more Snapchats than he'd ever seen. So uh, you're still uh, active on on social media and the gram uh, and all he, that. He 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 sized it, but uh, <laughs> man, everybody everybody nowadays is social media uh, head. Right. So like. I mean, social media ain't nothing but another tool of media, mm-hmm. you know, like far as like reporting news and stuff. But like me, I, I like I like Snapchat. Uh, I like Instagram. I like Twitter. But I don't I don't tweet 24 seven. Right. It's a different it's a difference. Like I, I was Snapchat more because those are people that I know. Like those are only people that follow me is people that I like know. Sure. But far as Twitter and Instagram, my stuff is public. So but I don't really be on Twitter and Instagram, like, like tweeting about any random thing that mm-hmm. come to my head. I think that's corny to me. All right, so so switching uh, gears a little bit into into your football career here at Penn State. Everyone at Penn State knew, and in the Big Ten, knew you're a good player years ago. I mean, you've had, you've had some great seasons, but you really got some national recognition last year, especially because you had a couple of iconic plays. First, you blocked the field goal against Penn or against Ohio State, led to the big return touchdown and the upset. It was a, a key game in that season, and, and then second, you made a big stop in the Big Ten championship game uh, to hold Wisconsin and help seal the game. So, how much of those plays were being just you know being fortunate to be in the right place in the right time, and how much of that is your your work, your prep, you know, being prepared and, and knowing that uh, how to position yourself basically to, to make a play like that more likely? I would say uh, uh, the the kick was like. Uh, a whole defense thing, like far as um, Curtis Cawthorn getting a good push on the line, mm. uh, on the o- offensive line, so it could open up enough space so I could uh, get get there and jump. You know what I mean? Right. We, we prepped that and practiced that multiple times in, in practice, and asking um, and, and Coach Huff all the time of, and. Um, and practice what uh, what steps uh, where should I be and all of this like details and even in in the halftime when I asked them about uh, to help me on um, on a block kick that I missed in the first first half of the uh, of the game it's stuff like that it's details like that you, know, you can't that would that that block kick wouldn't have happened if without Coach Huff Coach Spence um, the the defensive line. All those guys and uh, scout team that's prepping us, that's help, help, helping us and um, practice, like re- repping it and having multiple repetitions of it. So sure. Um, did you see? Did you hear about the rule change this year with the leaping uh, coming to college football that you, that you can't? I think it's you can't run and leap and try and block kicks. So yeah, we we went over. Did you that. hear about that? Yeah, we went over. How do you that. feel about that rule? Right. Especially after it might like it might have prevented that play last year. It might have been flagged. I mean, it's rules change all the time, every year. So it's not. I mean, I guess it's nothing new. You just gotta play play around and and, uh, and just go go with the flow. All right. Uh, so take me through your your senior. Take me deci- Take me through your decision to remain at Penn State. Some of your teammates went pro early. Uh, Chris Godwin. Why did you stay for your senior year here? Uh, it's more like uh wanted to get that last. That last season with my um, with my teammates, you know, uh, you you only you only go to college one time, uh, and experience the the college experience once, and I definitely wanted to come back to 
to State College and play for my play for my brothers one more time, you know, as a senior, and uh, get get my degree. Um, all all those things played a part, and just having conversations with my with my family and uh, with Coach Franklin, it just it's it just was the right thing to do, and uh, I don't look back at it, not ever. No regrets at all. Nah. Speaking of Coach Franklin, uh, one thing that everyone's kind of noticed he started doing the last couple of years uh, on social media, he kind of has fun with it, but also at press conferences, he'll only talk about the next team on the schedule. So, like, right now, you ask him about Michigan or Ohio State, he'll just say, like, Akron, 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 because Akron's the first game of the year. Um, and I get, I get that message that he's trying to convey, you know, you can only put one foot in front of the other. But it's got to be hard for you as players, you know, like not to look ahead to, to the Michigan game, Ohio State, Pitt. How do you look at it as a play? Like, do, do you look ahead at all, or, no, or is that, or does he instill that so deeply in you guys? That why, why look ahead and and not live and not live in the moment? Right, you know but it, you know That's, what I mean. It's human nature to, I mean, anticipate you, things. You know, you can look at the schedule, but but as far as your first your first opponent and the first uh, line of duty is the go at action. Next guy. That's that's who we got. You know what I'm saying? Uh so So how do you balance that with with long-term goals in the season as far as, you know, making the college football playoff? That's how you that's how you uh that's how you take care of that as far mm. as paying paying so much attention to that one game and putting all your all in it and studying film, putting all making sure you know all the details, uh the keys, the tips, everything that's going on. Not looking ahead like cuz you're not playing them. So mm-hmm. if you're looking at Akron and you're studying every inch and everything that they're doing, yeah. Then that it will take care of itself and then it'll be then it'll be on to the next. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you got to take care of business first. So this is just my curiosity coming through. So if you prepare for you know, Akron's the first game on the schedule. You prepare for them for months, pretty much. Then, but then you got a week. I give you know. an example. That's like boxers. Mm-hmm. Don't you know uh, Floyd? Floyd yeah. thinking about McGregor. Uh, McGregor right now. He ain't thinking about whoever he about to play next. Sure. I mean, whoever he about to fight next. Because um, if he's thinking about that, he's he's going to try to study their game as well as McGregor's. How you gonna How you gonna uh, put two and two together? Right. And like, and it's gonna mix together and conf- have conflict. Right. Um, and before we get to some segments that we're going to wrap up with, I just wanted to get some personal goals from you for this season. Do you have any 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 goals, you know, for yourself and that could that could help the team or anything you you've laid out for this season that uh, you like to accomplish? Uh, to be honest, my goal for this season is just to uh, play as hard as I can mm-hmm. and do whatever I can to get us a W each and every week. Uh, I want to. Uh, I'm gonna just give it my all. And what, however the cars uh, lay, uh, and however they fall out, um, that's how it's gonna fall out. But I know that back in my head, I gave it my all, and I, I don't never, I don't want to ever have no regrets. All right. So I'm improvising a little bit because uh, you're sitting here. You're one of the most you know, tatted up players I've interviewed so yeah, far. You got yeah. a lot of them uh, yeah. covering your arms. You got one behind the ear, some on your hands. Yeah. Uh, what are some of your more meaningful tattoos you got going on right here? Uh, ones on my hands. Uh, this Thelma Allen, that's my grandmother. She passed away uh, last year. Um, I got the dove representing her, um, just flying around, just um, up in the sky, just making sure she look over me. Sure. Uh, I got a Roman room was 12. That's like me and my, my boys back home. We uh, we all got it tatted. 
because like that's that's the year we won the state championship. All right. Um, I got. You got a bunch more. You got some roses on your arm. Is that? Yeah, that's my yeah. father and my mother name. Uh-huh. I got Philippians four thirteen tattooed on me. Um, I got me and my girl uh, date when we when we got together. Um, Leaving room for any more? Any, I any got, future ones coming in, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my whole torso. All right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Pirates in the Caribbean theme, the Kraken, uh, the black the black pearl, you know what I'm saying? Everything like that. I know, I know people can't see it, but it's a it's an impressive couple sleeves you got going, and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it looks pretty good. So shout out to whoever did that. Um, wrapping up, Marcus, uh, segments I do with every player at each stop, just kind of putting you on the spot a little bit and, and uh, asking you, some fun questions that uh, you know just make you think a little bit, and and hopefully we have fun with it. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the first one I call training camp compliments. So I have the players say one thing about their biggest rival. First of all, who would you say is Penn State's rival in the football field? Unrival. It's right back behind you on the wall there. Unrival. Yeah, so man, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna give you I won't say rival, but I'll just give you another team. Uh, you guys beat Penn State last year. Or sorry, beat Ohio State last year. So you have. Uh, Upper hand on them for for this year. Say one nice thing about them, about the Buckeyes. One nice thing, though? yeah. Uh, the, Just a compliment. Any any nice thing? Oh, I mean, they definitely they definitely uh, play fast, and they they it's a, a high level of competition. All right, good enough. Uh, second one, it's called Song of the Summer. What would you say uh, when you look back at Summer '17? What would you say uh, would be the song of this summer? The song of this summer? Yeah. Oh man, so many songs. I know. You, you know, you'll look back and you'll say, you'll you'll or you're here, it'll come on and you'll be like, oh, it reminds me of that summer, 2017. So pick one. That... Uh, uh, I guess I got two. Uh, Drake. Uh, it's like go like I see, I see light to <laughs> I feel like Drake's had a, had some hot tracks like, like the more last life, like, eight summers. The more, more life, life is good uh, yeah. album and uh, 21 Savage. Uh, uh, bank account. You're a big Twenty One Savage fan, right? You do. You always do the. Oh no, that's Kodak. Oh, that's Kodak. Yeah, that's okay, Kodak all right. See, I'm getting my guys confused now. Yeah. Why do you? Why? Why do you? Uh, uh, do the the finger and the you know the. Oh, the grill. Yeah, the I mean, because Kodak Kodak Black he had uh, he got grills in his mouth. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He got I know. Grill so in his mouth. I just noticed like tons of pictures you're posing. You got the. Yeah, yeah, You got yeah, the grill yeah. showing. So. Yeah, he's got just showing you. Uh, that's why I will go mouthpiece. All right, so uh, next one is called we call bus tour bites. We're on the bus tour. Like to get some good food at each stop where we're going around the Big Ten. What would you say is a, a restaurant in State College that uh, we have to hit up? What kind of you want? Like a like a fancy restaurant? It could be like, anything. Like what's a what's one that? Give me your favorite one. Like far as fancy, uh, I like I like um, Kelly Steakhouse. Kelly Steakhouse. Yeah, that's really good. I, I think I had someone. I think our Uber driver recommended that too. Yeah, Kelly, Ste- we Kelly Steakhouse. Steakhouse is really good. All right, and. Uh, Last two, I promise you won't get get in any trouble for these, but it's uh, just have a little fun with it. it one's called eggshells, so you know how you walk around on eggshells, you're a little, you be a little careful with, with somebody. So it's one coach that you might be a little intimidated by, like one one coach you don't want to make mad. Who who would that be uh, on your staff? One of them that you don't want. to Yeah, make that mad. you like, don't, or, you know, a little intimidated by, or you know, like if you get him mad, then it's bad news. Uh, I mean, that's that's all the coaches, to be honest. Is there one that, right, that uh, like, stands but, out more? I mean, Coach Franklin. You don't Coach never want to get on Coach Franklin's bad side. Have you ever gotten his bad side before? Uh, 
Oh, no, we ain't going to speak on that. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll leave that under the rug. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one. Uh, it's called Scrap That. So if there's one drill in practice that, you know, you could do without, you could eliminate if you had the choice, get rid of, uh, give me that one drill that you, you would scrap if you could. Uh, just the gassers at the end? Mm-hmm. Do you, do you want to call it that? Yeah, gassers. Yeah, it's a drill. Oh, yeah. right, gassers, right. suicides, yeah. whatever yeah, you call suicide. it. Everyone knows, when, get on that line, what, it, yeah, what suic- time it is. So. Yeah, the gassers, man, like, have gassers, like, if you don't, uh, if we don't make our uh, competition. So it's kind of correlate. You get on his bad side, then out come the gassers. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, Marcus, well, that's all I got for you. Thanks so much for taking the time, man. Good luck this season. And uh, good luck going forward with both your, your NFL career and uh, your sports broadcasting career. Looking forward to following you. Man, Kyle Willen, thank you. All right, man. Thanks again to Marcus for joining me, and thanks really to all the Penn State for some real hospitality on our visit last week. They uh, actually took the BTN crew out to a minor league baseball game in their suite at the baseball uh, facility there on campus after practice, and they gave... My colleague Tom Deanhart a cake for his birthday and were really just very accommodating all around in general and went out of their way to make us feel comfortable. So shout out to them for going above and beyond and uh, looking forward to get back there, getting back there eventually. My next guest is Michigan senior linebacker Mike McCray and uh, Mike was fun to talk to as well. He's got some added sizzle to his backstory because his dad played at Ohio State so you better believe we get, got into that topic among others. And um, I'll let you listen to it now. It's, it's Take 10 Sit Down with Mike McRae. I'm very excited to be joined in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the BTN bus tour. Uh, just steps away from the big house with senior linebacker Mike McRae. Mike, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm going good, man. Just grinding to this camp, you know, getting ready for the season. Yeah, is it a tough grind out there? I know uh, you said it, it can get a little... Uh, you know, a little rough out there with uh, all-day practice. How's it, how's it been on you? Um, it's been really fun. You know, you just got to go out there and have fun with your teammates and uh, learn from your mistakes and uh, things like that. And when you go back to the dorms, just have fun with each other, get to know each other, and talk about football a little bit. You're probably ready for some games, though, to come up oh, yeah. soon enough, I'm right? I'm tired of going against our offense. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Mike, so getting into Michigan football a little bit. Yeah, last year's team was full of upperclassmen. You guys had a ton of draft picks, a lot of departures. And now the reinforcements are coming in. The young guns are stepping in. So uh, you're still here, though, as, as a redshirt senior. So now that you're one of the primary, like, one of the old heads on the team with a bunch of young guys, what's the, what's the transition been like for you taking on probably what's a leadership role as a, as a old guy? Um, at first it was a little bit difficult. You know, most of the guys that left I came in with, you know, uh, 2013 class. And, you know, it was, at first it was kind of difficult, but after a while I got used to it and then, for me, just trying to be more vocal, you know, I'm more of a lead-by-example type of person, and I'm not really that talkative, like, all the time, and I'm a big rah-rah guy, but uh, now I see myself being able to, you know, be more vocal and people listening to me, and that's probably the biggest thing throughout the whole time. You mentioned earlier getting to know the guys off the field, not away from practice, you know, the dorms and stuff like that. First of all, do you guys still live in dorms as upperclassmen, or do you just hang out, or is that just for training camp? That's just for training okay. camp, you know. Most of the upperclassmen live off campus, but you know, for camp we all live in the dorms, so all together. So, so what do you guys do then, and how how does that play into you, you know, getting some of the respect from the younger guys and, and getting to know them a little bit more? Um, you know, just figuring out like things like where they're from, family, things like that, what they like to do, 
you know, and uh, helping them with the playbook and helping them with the transition from high school, some of them from high school to college. And right. Some of the sophomores asking questions, you know, things like that. And that's pretty much and trying to show them the right, right, right way to do things. So I feel like I've done a good job so far. I just want to keep going. Sure thing. Uh, get into the on-field product a little bit. Do you think fans will, will need to have some patience with, you know, all the youth you guys have? Because football, it's, it's hard to get hit the ground running and be cohesive as a unit if you haven't played, especially with all these freshmen coming in. Um, they can be patient, but then again, we don't care what they really have to say. You know, we know what we're capable of. And once, we're, once we all get that that one bond on the, on the field, you know, it, I feel like we will be one of the best teams in the nation, and uh, that's what we're working towards right now. So who, besides yourself on the defensive unit, has caught your eye as someone that uh, fans need to look out for this year? Who's going to be a problem this year for other teams? Um, I always talk about uh, Chase Winovich. You know, he goes hard every play. Uh, he doesn't get tired. A little Energizer, energizer Bunny. Uh, Devin Bush, Gleek, Rashawn, Mo, Monet. Pretty much everybody that I – Really, that everybody just came back from last right. year, and then some of the freshmen that came in and uh, hit the ground running. You know, they can come up. Most of them came in, learned defense really fast, and they're just out there playing, having fun. And you can see the growth from day one. So you know how hard it is to, to get into the the speed of the game, coming from either another level or having to sit out like like you did because you had a, uh, a shoulder injury a couple years back. So last year was your first real healthy year as a starter. Uh, missed all the 2014 season with that injury. And, and I've talked to some guys on this podcast on this trip and uh, just in, in the past in other sports as well who have battled back from some nasty injuries. So I'm curious, just what, what, what was your rehab like and what did you have to go through mentally and physically when you were sitting out that year back in, uh, I think it was 2014, when you were rehabbing? Yeah, I think it was yeah, 2015. 2015, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, you know, rehab is just trying to get my shoulder back to the way it was before and getting it stronger and just doing extra things with the shoulder and uh, – the mental of being out, it was, it was difficult at first, but, you know, I had the support from my family and teammates and my girlfriend, you know, she's been there through the whole thing since high school. So, uh, but the support of those people, you know, I, I got through it. And I guess you could say now I'm like, I feel like I matured during that time, mentally, physically, and like as a man as well. And uh, during that time, it was difficult, but I wouldn't take, I wouldn't change anything. So I feel like personally that football is is probably, in my opinion, the hardest sport to get reacclimated into. Just the speed is so fast, um, it's so physical, and if you're coming back from an injury, injury, especially, you know, getting that back, that range of motion back, it's more difficult in football than anything else. Do you think that's accurate, or, or, or uh, I just I'm just curious with someone that's gone through it, what, what you what you think about? I it? think it's pretty accurate. You know, sometimes you. When you're out, you don't get the reps and you don't see things the same. So when you come fresh, come back, things can kind of be a little, oh, let me figure out what's going on type, you know. And uh, But that's what you have, like, spring ball for. And I feel like that helped me a lot because spring ball was about six months before the season, seven months before the season. So I guess spring ball got me back into the groove. And then from there, it was just perfect. I felt like some normal. All right, so... Getting a little bit away from from the field um, and into some of the extracurricular stuff you guys have experienced, especially the Rome trip. You guys went to Rome this past uh, this past spring. Pretty neat spring break trip. Spring break trip for you guys. Tell me some of your favorite experiences from the trip because we got a lot of video back, you know, at BTN, and we were able to 
to share that with uh, the rest of the conference, and it looked like a blast. So tell me about some of your experiences on that trip. Um, you know, it was a really great experience just seeing all the great history that you read about in like elementary school and things like that. And uh, the Coliseum was probably the best thing that for me that I saw. Um, I always talk about the gelato. Me and you know, three <laughs> teammates used to oh, yeah. go out like every night and walk to get gelato. Yeah. And uh, pretty much the whole trip, you know, especially when we had the team bonding thing at the paintball, you know, we were all just having fun together mm-hmm. and just competing, but we were also having fun because, you know, paintball. Did you see like that video that. that they sent back and they, they uh, put the soundtrack over it? I can't. Did you see that video? Uh-huh. Oh, they put some great song over it. And I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was really cool and it just looked like the best time ever. So yeah, it was. Um, and even, even for you especially, you're a photographer, uh-huh. and um, that, that's one of your passions, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, Italy, that's like the best place to go for someone like yourself that likes to take pictures. What was that like, being able to, you know, shoot in that country? Um, it was really great. You know, I captured a lot of photos that uh, I have on my camera and my laptop, you know, and uh, something I can look back on like 10, 15 years from now and say that I went to Rome with my teammates, and um, it was just overall a great experience. Especially from like I just I had just got into photography and being able to go overseas at Rome, um, it was just really great. So how did you get into photography? Photography in the first place, and if I'm not mistaken, you had a uh, one of your mentors was on that trip, yeah. one of your photography mentors. So tell me how you got into the uh, the practice, and then what it was like with someone who had taught you about another trip. Um, I kind of already like kind of like taking photos, like with my camera phone. I never like had owned a camera, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I always had an eye for like certain angles and things like that. that people tell me, and uh, that's why it's important to be a linebacker. You got yeah. the you know you the angles, so you need yeah. to know. And uh, I took uh, David Turner's class, and it kind of got me like say I want to get a camera and like actually start taking photos. Mm-hmm. So that's what really led to it. And uh, ever since then, I've just been taking pictures. And my family, my uh, my grandfather used to take photos all the time. Okay. And he, uh, my family says where I get it from. So I guess you can. So I get it from him. And David, like you mentioned, was the one on the trip. He was he's one of your professors. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. So were you guys able to you know learn from each other on that trip? Uh, I pretty I didn't learn from me. Uh, I <laughs> he he knows it all. Yeah, I right. learned from him. So just little little things okay. that you don't even think about. All right, and uh, like I mentioned, we had great access to that trip as fans and as as media because we were able to get a lot of footage. But tell me about a story. I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit. Tell me about a story or experience from that trip that the fans might not know about that uh, you thought was funny or, or something that was memorable? Uh, I don't know. It was a lot of funny things. I don't even, I can't even, <laughs> can, you, can you pick one on the spot? I don't think I can right now. If not, I'll try and come back to it. But it's uh, I know it's hard to, hard to think of one on the spot, also one that may be safe for everyone to listen to. But uh, we'll move on, and I'll come back to that one. All right. So got to talk about this. I'm sure you've talked about it so many times, especially throughout your recruiting process and coming to Michigan. You're the son of a, a former Ohio State captain. Your dad played at Ohio State. You grew up in Ohio, grew up an Ohio State fan. So, so how does the son of a decorated Buckeye player end up in Michigan? Um, you know, during the recruiting process, you know, I just had an open mind, you know. Actually, like you said, I grew up an Ohio State fan. Um, but once I got to high school, like sophomore year, and I just – I started watching, like, everybody, you know. I didn't really, like, have a favorite team anymore. So – my dad really didn't care where I went. He just wanted me to go somewhere, and uh, I'd made the best decision for me, and that was Michigan. So, so do you ever like get any crap from you know people in your hometown or, or like friends or anything like that? Do they ever like needle you a little bit about oh, it? All the time. Yeah, all the time. 
Uh, actually, my high school went to the state championship this past season. Okay. The uh, after we the week after we lost to Ohio State. Last oh man. Year. And I went there. Went back. Yeah, I went back. <laughs> and uh, I walked in with all my Michigan stuff on. Everybody uh, in the crowd was just, um, from my high school. You know, they knew who I was and things like that. But they were making jokes and things like that. So they're good natured about it, though. Yeah, they get, they're good natured about it. Have you been able to convert any of the, you know any of those friends or family that uh, to, to to root for Michigan at all? They all say they root for me, but not the team. So okay. I so I was gonna say, like, how many like <laughs> a lot? Get- a lot has came over. You know, my, most of my family has came over. Pretty much everybody in my family has come over, but like friends and things, they say they root for me, but not. How about that one week a year? Are they are they firmly uh, Ohio State Buckeyes fans, and in, in that one week when you guys match up? Oh, uh, definitely. They they root for Ohio State that week, but they want me to do good, so I guess I can take that. Man, I can't imagine that's gonna be tough. But uh, so going into your last year now, uh, just how hungry are you to beat Ohio State? Because you haven't beat them in your time here, and uh, the Buckeyes have dominated in the last decade or so. So how just you know with your unique background. Give me a sense of the priority it is to, to beat the Buckeyes. Um, it's a really a high priority for me. You know, it's pretty much for the whole team. You know, we haven't beat them in a while, and they have our number right now, and we want to turn that around this year and get back on track and make it back to what it used to be back in the day. You know, good football. You know, rivalry and going back and forth. You know, and uh, I gotta beat them at least once. So <laughs> my last try. So. Yeah, that'll be a something you gotta carry with you. You know, the rest of your life. That's so all on, on the line. And it's at the big house this year, so you got that going going in your favor. Um, so we got one more question before we're gonna do some segments. My last question, about, uh, really, really football related for you is: just any personal goals you have for yourself for this season? I know the team has goals. Do you have any goals you're setting for yourself as we uh, head into your final year? Um, Besides you know, the one we just mentioned with Ohio State, uh, just try to be the one of them is try to be the one of the best leaders on the team. You know, help lead the team to victory and be a leader on and off the field. Um, another one is be one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten and in the nation. And uh, for, again, like I said before, just try to. Uh, I got a few other personal goals, like how many tackles I want to get, but that's nothing too major. But those are two biggest things: being a leader and. Being the best best player in the country, reason. All right, all right. Before we wrap up, uh, Mike, we're gonna do some segments that we do with players at, at each stop on the bus tour, and they're more lighthearted and uh, it's kind of fun and put you on the spot a little bit and um, just have have some fun with them. So, the first one is called training camp compliments, and since it's preseason and you know we're not in the heat of the, heat of the season yet, not in battle yet, I'm having each player compliment the biggest rivals. So this should be probably easier for you than, than a normal Michigan player say something nice about Ohio State, but I'm going to need you to say something nice about the Buckeyes. Uh, I know you can't see it, but he's grimacing right now. <laughs> um, let me see. I like the uniforms. All right. There you go. <laughs> little stickers on the helmets, you like those? Yeah, I like the uniforms. All right. That's pretty good. Um... Good sport. So next one is uh, called Song of the Summer. So when you look back at this summer, there's been a lot of hot ones out this, this summer, but what, what's one that you uh, associate with summer 2017? Uh, I got a lot. You know, I'm a big J. Cole fan. Okay. So I'm going to have to go. Uh, I'm going to go with J. Cole, Neighbors. All right. You know, I, I like that song. Uh, some other songs on that album that I really like. Yeah. That's one of them. Um Another one is, it's not, I don't think it's really a summer 
2017, but I had to start listening. Sure, that counts. Jesse Reyes, it's a it's a female, okay. but she really can sing. Okay, one of her songs called "Great One," and I really like that song too. All right, uh, next one is called "Bus Tour Bites." So you know we're going around trying all the food at all, at all the campuses. So let me know. Uh, give me a, a place or two, the best place to eat in Ann Arbor. Uh, definitely Mr. Spots. Okay. Definitely. Uh, you know, that's probably the best that everybody goes to. Um, what I will say, come September, Buddy's Pizza will be open. Buddy's Pizza? Yeah, by Meyer. Okay. Uh, it's opening up in September. If y'all come back, All right. try if it. If I come ever back, well, I will be back at some point, but I'm uh, here for football season, I'll definitely remember to check it out. We went to a... Uh, Pizza House last night, oh, yeah, pizza and that was good. Yeah, yeah. House that was good. And you could tell it was, you know, kind of a popular spot. Had all yeah. the Michigan memorabilia on the walls and all that. So that, that was a that was a good meal. We had spots in Pizza House too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two more two more segments to go here. This one's called eggshells. So you know you're walking around on eggshells around this person. You're a little intimidated by him. You don't want to screw up and make him mad. Give me one coach. You might be, you know, a little a little tiptoeing around. And, and why? Why? Uh, why don't you want to make this person upset? For me, I really don't tiptoe around anybody. You know, I just be myself. All right. Is there one guy? Is there anybody that you know you don't want to get in their their bad side? You know. Uh, I would say Coach Madison. What yeah. what positions he coach? D line. Okay. You know, he was the defensive coordinator a few years. About my freshman and sophomore year. Okay. So, coach Madison, he he'll like make jokes about you and things like that. So I'll say Coach Madison. All right. You gotta watch what you say. He'll flame you if you yeah. mess up. Okay. <laughs> All right, last one. It's called uh, Scrap That. So if there's one drill, one part of the summer training camp or practice that you could eliminate, let me know what it is. Definitely roulette. And what's that? I don't even know how to describe it. It's Do your just, best for us. It's just reps after reps after reps oh. after reps after reps. No, okay. no subs. You barely get water. You know, it's probably the hardest thing I've done since I've been here. Yeah. But if I could, I would. Just for Not just for me, but for the whole team. Seeing that. Among many other reasons why I'm not a football player, because right. I don't want to deal with any of that. So, uh, and then I didn't forget one last thing before we let you go. You got any stories about uh, about Rome that that we need to hear that, that we might not know about? Uh, I have one, but I don't think I can tell you. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it under the rug. We'll leave we'll leave it at that, and uh, keep keep the fans guessing. Maybe uh, if you run into run into Mike somewhere maybe he'll, he'll tell you but just off the record so Mike thanks so much man thanks for taking the time appreciate you uh, you uh, hanging out with me here and good luck this season thank you alright thanks again to Mike for joining me my final guest in this episode plays less than an hour away from Ann Arbor Michigan down the road in East Lansing and he is Spartan running back Gerald Holmes at Michigan State Gerald was a great guy to talk to as well. Uh, really enjoyed getting his perspective, not only on football, but um, on a on an issue that touched him personally, uh, the Flint water crisis, because he is a Flint native. So we made sure to get into that experience and, and the relief efforts that he took part in and just how really that, uh, that whole unfortunate situation impacted him. And we got into some lighter topics as well. So... Let's get into it now. It's Take 10's discussion with Gerald Holmes. All right, so I am uh, very pleased to be joined here in East Lansing, Michigan by uh, Spartan running back Gerald Holmes. What's up, Gerald? How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's, uh, it's great to be here. And uh, you guys just got done with practice. You're part of a pretty uh, venerable 
running back core this year. You got a, a few goons back there. Tell me a little bit about the uh, the three deep, three headed monster you guys got. I mean, it's, it's a family back there for the most part. You know, in um in our tailback room, you know, we just enjoying each other, man. And we kind of, you know, we understand, you know, our all like, our run abilities. You know, we are pretty good. You know, and uh, we all bring different styles. You know, um, for the most part, but we all have kind of like that same thing that Michigan State need. You know, to get the extra push. So we just kind of just stay brothers, man. And understand that at the end of the day, you know, it's up to the coaches, you know, who plays, um, and who goes in, and you know, we pride ourselves with just whatever guy in get the job done. You know. Yeah. So it's you, L.J. Scott, Madre London. You guys get along not just, you know, on the field, work together well on the field. You guys get to get, get along very well off the field. How did that bond and that connection kind of start? And then how do you guys, you know, you guys are all competing with each other when it comes down to it. How do you keep that relationship solid off the field as well? Um, kind of like I said, you know, you kind of just <clears throat> stay positive and kind of understand the bigger picture. You know, um, we you know we all have done great things, you know, for Michigan State. You know, um, we all just started games. We all didn't ran for the 100 yards, you know. And, and we got to the point where we know if, if – um, if it's, if it's one guy in and if he's running the whole the whole time, you know he can he, he can do that. Or if it's me, you know, what I'm saying carrying the team, I can do that. So we kind of never look at it as if like, oh man, he's in and I could have did that, you know, because we all know our ability, you know, and it's all, almost all kind of similar um, for the most part. And we just look at it like, you know, we all NFL style running backs, you know, in the future and um, try not to kind of let it worry us in that point. You know, we have our moments we like, damn, you know, we wish we was in more, wish we was in that game, but sometimes we kind of like, man. We just having fun, man, and enjoying these moments with each other. Right, and you are a uh, redshirt senior, so you've been here throughout some of the excellent times with the Spartan football program. You've seen a, a lot of big stages. I mean, since you've been here, they've been to a Rose Bowl, a Cotton Bowl, a college football playoff, but you also saw the bottom last year. You guys mm-hmm. were 3-9. and nine. So why? I assume you're optimistic heading into this season. Why do you believe that your final year is going to be more like – those first several years than it was last year. Um, hey, really, is because I, I feel like I'm in a I'm in a more of a bigger leadership role, you know, and I feel like um, my leadership and the kind of person I am, I can rub off on people, you know, and I can be a definitely um, big impact to my team, you know, from my ability as a tailback and also um, just being being, you know, a good guy and just um, being positive for the most part, you know. I feel like you know when people are put in, in leadership roles, you know, you got to have a. Um, a certain kind of confidence level, you know, to be able to carry a group of people. And I feel like I'm fit for that, you know. Um, and then, too, you know, I played for Michigan State football, you know, and every team had their downfalls. And I understand, you know, ours was last year. And then we also understand, too, we also had a taste of, you know, of what it likes to win and everything. And, and a team who's who's done that and has failed before can always get back to where they used to be. And, you know, and I got uttermost uh, faith with that, you know, in my teammates and my players and my coaches. You feel like people are sleeping on you guys this year, counting you out? Yeah, I mean, that's how it is even when we was winning, man, for the most part. You know, uh, I, mean, I, I won't say 10. I mean, teams understand, you know, uh, Michigan State football, we're going to always bring it. You know, we're going to always, because you seen it last year, we was leading almost the whole game into the qu- fourth quarter. So it's not really like we didn't bring anything last year, just we never finished for the most part. So I think this year, guys just kind of going, just going to see, okay, the guys, young, they're young, you know, they might have a lot of people coming back and, you know, they're they coming off a hard year. But, you know, I mean, we let the people – had their own views about us, you know, and we kind of stay and understand that Michigan State Spartans, you know, we just want we just ball, you know, and we, we plan to get better every year, you know, and it's, and it's one of them years. Yeah, you mentioned not that many seniors on the team. You're one of them, but it's a pretty young group. What kind of responsibility do you feel like has fallen on, on your shoulders now? You, you talked a little bit about the leadership role, but expand on that a little bit. Um, Just 
digging in more, you know, and, and hitting more on a personal base, you know, um, not just staying up in front of the team, but also, you know, going to guys one on one, you know, um, just kind of encouraging them and just like, if they you know how ask them how practice going, just talking to guys on the team, you know, for the most part, instead of like when the practice get over, you know, we all just go our to our lockers and change and go home mm-hmm. or whatnot. Whatnot, but no, you know, ask guys how practice going, and you know how you feel. Like you think you did, you know, where you want to be in a couple of years, you know. Pick guys. I feel like if you, when you challenge um, people with questions, you know, it, it kind of gives them a responsibility to actually, you know, either challenge or uphold something, you know, and work harder towards. So I feel like, you know, just stepping outside of that that comfort zone and you know and being more verbal on a one on one basis with players that might not receive that as much, you know, it's probably a big thing that would help this team, you know, carry forward. Sure, and get into your personal. Uh, side of things a little bit away from the football field you got sort of a unique major for a football player tell me about your major and and how you got interested in that and what you've been able to do at Michigan State to to advance those uh pursuits yeah I'm a um, studio, studio art major um graphic design you know it's kind of what I kind of like singled into um I can always been a creative guy you know I'm not really big on school you know uh <laughs> you know especially just being an athlete you know sometimes you wish you could just focus on ball right and just train and eat you know for the most part but um, coming into school, I always kind of been a guy, you know, who would draw here and there and, you know, always just mess around, love creating stuff and love technology and all that kind of things. And so I kind of got to school and I kind of, you know, find out about graphic design. Um, I'm still not one of you know, the, the greatest or the best, but I got my own unique skill. You know, um, I've kind of put a lot of my focus into football lately, so I haven't been fine tuning those things. But, you know, I, I enjoy taking photos, editing pictures. Um, when I got free time, I might edit a video of, you know, a um, friend or somebody doing some drills and then go home and, cut it up and all that, add some filters and some music to it. You know, um, for the most part, I might sketch or paint here and there for the most part. So I'm kind of all over the place, man. You know, um, logos, branding. You know, I kind of try to put my hand in all those things, you know, so um, when, if I'm at the next level or uh, if that time comes to an end, you know, sooner than possible, um, I just kind of just want to have my creativity on the side. Sure. Uh, getting more into your personal background, your hometown is Flint, is that right? Yes, sir. So, you know, anytime we talk about Flint these days, you got to address the, the horrific water crisis that has, has been going on and is still ongoing. And um, I was just curious about what effect that had on you with that being your hometown. Because I feel like, you know, people, people hear about it, but they don't really get that personal connection mm-hmm. to someone on the ground there. Like, and I'm sure that's a connection that you had. So I was curious about the impact it had on you and, and what involvement you had trying to, trying to remedy the situation. Well, you know, um, being from there, you know, it definitely hit um, home and hit personal. Um, you know, because I was basically born and raised, you know, in, uh, in the inner Flint areas um, for the most part. You know, obviously every year as I've grown up, you know, um, you always want to change and get better, you know, so I kind of slowly, slowly try to better the environment I was in. But I'm always was in the inner Flint area, so it definitely hit home a lot, especially within my family, you know. Um, just, I mean, it was a big inconvenience, you know. Uh, I come, come from a family where it's not, you didn't have a lot, you know. Um, guys, you know, we wouldn't roll it in the best cars and having the best clothes mm-hmm. and everything. So, you know, we was kind of always in the middle or under. So when the water hit, it definitely hit us, you know, where we had to go um, buy countless, you know, saying cases of water, you know, for my granny and my cousins, you know, other family back at home and getting water donated, you know. So it definitely, you know, was uh, touching, you know, and, and kind of frustrating for the most part, you know, the, uh, for a situation like that to happen on a, actually a great scale, you know, somewhere where you was born and raised, you know, definitely a place I call home and that I love and everything. So um, I know, I think, when I kind of first found out about it, that it, I think it was going on for like two or three years, mm-hmm. and I got a call from my dad about, you know, don't drink that water, and I didn't really know what was going on. He just don't drink the water, and he didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. at the time, and everything. He's like, man, just don't, don't drink the water, man. There's just something going on. 
So like, oh, all right, kind of brush it off. But um, that following year, you know, that's when it, it actually got to the news. I'm like, oh, snap, you know, call home and make sure people was all right. Um, so I think my little cousin had, had, got, had like a breakout and everything. Wasn't nothing too major, but you know, I mean, it definitely was a big inconvenience. You know, you got a garage full of waters, you know, kitchen full of water. You got to wash clean, brush your teeth with um, bottles of water, you know. So that definitely was hard, you know, and people, uh, not just my family, but um, families around. And I just came back and was just giving water every time I was home. Mm-hmm. I just try to, you know, bring back what I had here and just take home to my granny. You know? Yeah, it's, I mean, when something like that happens, first of all, it's because of incompetence of, you know, things that are outside of your control. But then it falls on the people that were victimized by it to go back and help fix it. I always thought that's just like the most ridiculous, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. crazy that the people that are the biggest victims of something like that, they got to, it, it falls on them sometimes to, to go back like you did, but that's great work, man. Um, I was curious about any, getting back to football now on a, on a uh, lighter note, you played in some huge bowl games, like we mentioned. Um, what was the coolest bowl setup or bowl game, bowl experience? You know, they, they, market these things like an experience and they give you all these swag bags and all that stuff what was the coolest bowl experience you, you were able to uh take part in i'm gonna say it's, a, it's i'm gonna say two of them because i was my freshman year um red shirted you know so i didn't play on flight when you play you had you have a whole different experience um but the rose bowl was definitely one of the probably one of the best experience though just being a young guy coming into a program like this um mm. definitely going to california man you know coming from flint i didn't really go nowhere sure. you know for the yeah. most part so being in cali man it was like it felt almost unreal uh, that was just a great experience man the hotel was nice um i think it was a j jw marriott oh yeah that's, that's a high-end marriott yeah know? one of the real <laughs> right. big ones you right. know uh with that little blue glass bluish mm-hmm. glass mm-hmm. so just being in there you know a lot of celebrities came through in there and yeah. it felt crazy being there you know and i just want to say um just a year going to the combo Against, um, we play Alabama, you yeah. know, um, been a part of that game and it's been down there, you know, we got, you know, Apple Watches and stuff. Right. And so that was a great experience, you know, and just um, being a part of a team to act, and actually playing um, to get that far, you know, that was just an awesome, awesome experience, you know, that sometimes, you know, some colleges would never experience, you know, and I'm glad I got the experience, you know, a handful of those since I've been here. For sure. All right, man, we wrap up. Uh, before I let you go, Gerald, we got some segments that we do with each player. Uh, I ask them the same questions. It's, it's kind of just, Questions that put you on the spot, more fun, lighthearted, and uh, just see what you come up with. So let's uh, let's do that and wrap up. So the first one is uh, it's called training camp compliments. So we gotta give a compliment to your biggest rival. I would assume that's Michigan, but we're doing this because you know it's kind of it's preseason. We're not we're not too heated yet. It's not the the heat of the battle. So as hard as it may be, I'm gonna need you to give a, a, a compliment to that in-state rival, Michigan Wolverines. A compliment. A compliment. It could be the simplest thing, or you could go in depth if you want. They swag nice. Swag nice. With yeah. that, with, 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 I like those white jerseys. Yeah, with being a part of Jordan, I, I, I can give them that. All right. Um, you know, that definitely, um, I don't want to say they colors, but just that look mm-hmm. is nice. I agree. It's clean. All right, second one is uh, what's the song of the summer in 2017? You uh, you look back, you guys had some a pretty uh, varied playlist out there today. I heard some. Some hot ones, but what's the what's the song of the summer when you look back at 2017? Song of the summer. So this summer, mm, that's a hard one for real. It's been a lot. a lot of uh, Savage. I'm not a fan, but I don't know none of his songs personally. But I think he's he, been. I he's, think I think he's been sparking up. He's been on the airways a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and then the producer uh, Nav mm-hmm. or Nav, how you pronounce that? He he real hot. Definitely a big fan of him. 
Uh, I think those guys. So actually, a lot of people even sparked up. But if you want to say song, I'll say DNA from Kids No More. All right, I can remember that that uh, that album was, was nice. So yeah. I got you. Um, next one is called Bus Tour Bites. So we're on the bus tour. We're stopping all these campuses, and all these campuses have famous places to eat. So got to tell me, what's the what's the spot in East Lansing to, to uh, get some good food? Spot in East Lansing? Yeah. Ooh. Or you can, you, can, you can list a few if you want. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna say it's hard for me because I can almost eat anything. <laughs> but I would say we got a little spot called Comrades. You know, um, that's a pretty hot spot. You know, you get these nice, like, wraps. They, like, breakfast. It's like a weird combination of how they do the wrap, but mm-hmm. they good because you can eat them any time of the day. But they got, like, tater tots, bacon, chicken, green peppers, pineapple. It's like, you know, yeah. it's pretty good. And east side fish fry, you know, if you come in with some good fried chicken, you know, um, with some fish and everything, east side fish fry, it's about to be it. We're on the same page. I can eat anything, too. Like, I'm not picky at all, so yeah. I like the recommendations. Uh, two more segments here. These are a little bit more football-related. Uh, first one's called eggshells. So, you know, you ever heard this, the phrase, you walk, around, walk on eggshells around someone, you know, you don't want to make this person mad. You don't want to get on their bad side. Give me one of your coaches that, you know, if, if you make him mad, it's going to be a problem. I was I believe with Coach D. Yeah. You know, I mean, he the head honcho around here, you know, um, and that's a guy you definitely want to make sure things are all right with you mm-hmm. and him, you know, because um, the level of responsibility he carried, you know, you don't want to be a player that he has to deal with inside. Right. So. All right, last one. Um, it is going to be – it's called scrap that. So one drill out of anything you do, either in training camp or throughout the season, that you know what, you can just do without. Just, just scrap that drill. Let me know what it is. Ooh, that's easy. This <laughs> jump cut uh, drill, by the way, I love Coach Warner, but the jump cut drill he always have us do. You know, I feel like when it comes to, um, they usually call it jump cut. I only got a drill, I think it's jump cut. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, being a tailback, things come natural. So when you're doing something that's like, that you normally do off of just instincts, mm-hmm. it kind of get a little irritating. Mm-hmm. So I definitely just cut that drill out, and I feel like my other tailbacks would say the same. All right, all right. Let him uh, let him listen to the podcast and uh, see if he uh, see if he takes you at, at your word. I, I think he uh, won't take your recommendation. Though. I think I think it's there to stay. <laughs> all right, man, uh, Gerald. That's all I got for you. I appreciate the time. Best of luck in your final season. Best of luck getting the program turned back around, man. Oh, I definitely appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to Gerald, Mike, and Marcus for joining me. Uh, they really were all interesting and, and talented dudes who should have success going forward no matter what. And I, I really can't stress enough how enjoyable it's been to talk to all these guys at, at all their schools and their home turfs and, and get to know, know them a little bit. And I hope it's been just as fun for you guys to listen and get to know what these guys are, are like under the helmet a little bit more. Um, because as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, you know, football's a sport where they're not as, I guess, visible as sports like basketball and baseball. And um, I really like, you know, getting to know athletes in all sports, but, but football especially because we don't see them as often. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, remember, we'll have more coming your way with interviews from the western leg of the tour as it rolls along through the Midwest. And there's that other East episode sitting out on iTunes and SoundCloud and all those platforms as well. So thanks to everyone out there for listening. Thanks as always to Wes White for producing, and we'll talk to you soon on the Take 10 Podcast.